okay. Well, obviously, uh, you've got me this morning. Um, I'm actually shocked myself. I'm surprised that I'm, you know, because James, I was with him last night, actually, and we were hanging out, and um, 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 I know Barbara knows this, but a few of you heard about the, uh, I guess the, the, um, they were ended up, Cindy almost got in a car accident last, this was last week, you told you that story. Well, Cindy was playing tennis, uh, and she, uh, I guess last, sometime last week, and she uh, fell, hit her knee, uh, she tore something, in, you know, some stuff in her knee, messed up her knee pretty bad, so she's going to have to have surgery on her knee, and so um, anyway, so that's been a, it's been kind of a challenge for them because of the two kids and trying to do all they do and get the kids to school and get them back and all that. So anyway, pray for them. They're, they're being really challenged right now to try to figure out how they're going to get all this, how they're just going to carry on with life, everyday life and still have to, because she can't, she really can't move much with it. So it's hard. No, no, she hasn't had surgery yet. She's going to have it in two, I think in two weeks, a couple weeks. She, uh, she was in the hospital for a couple days. Yeah, just, just, uh, yeah, just. They did some um, observe, just observa- observation because uh, wanted to make. Because what happened? Well, the, actually, she hit, she, she messed up her knee, and then she had. Uh, I think the next morning, uh, Kimberly got a text from James or got a call from James, saying that she had passed out. So obviously, they called the paramedics. The brother, they took her to the hospital. Wanted to make sure, keep her for observation, make sure there's nothing, you know, make sure everything's okay. So everything was was fine. Uh, so anyway. So we so anyway so I was with them last night so I'm like oh you know we we're talking just having having a good time and it was my wife's birthday it was yesterday and so uh, and thinking that me and James obviously if he was he thought he was going to be here and so I get a text this morning at seven o'clock I wake up you know can you do this can you do this and I'm like oh man so but I understand because they are they they got they're just have a lot going on so it's going to be a challenge for them how you guys. Okay, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna pray, and we're just gonna try to I try to try to swing this a little bit and try to see what I can what I can do. Um, see what the Lord has to say. Father, we thank you so much for this time. We thank you that we thank you for your precious blood that was shed two thousand years ago on an old rugged cross. We thank you that because of your blood, we are completely clean, close, holy, blameless, righteous. We stand before you completely whole. There's not a single part of us that is other than the redemption of the body, every single part of us has been redeemed. Every single part of us. And I thank you for that, Jesus. I thank you for your finished work. I thank you that, that this is not, that your work was not an atonement for sin, that it was not a covering of sin, but that it, rather it was a taking away, it was a cleansing of sin. It was a complete obliteration of sin. You who were the Lamb of God, you the Lamb who was slain before the foundation of the world, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You, Jesus, you and you alone, you were the only one that could do it, and you did it, and you finished it, and you sat down at the right hand of the Father, and now we're seated with you in heavenly places. We're joint heirs with you. We thank you for the reality of that. We thank you for what we're seeing and what we're and how we're growing in that reality. And, and, and it's just awesome, Jesus. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Lord, I pray that you will just uh, minister your great grace and love in this time that we're together. Minister. Minister, Holy Spirit. Minister truth. Minister the real, the reality 
of the new creation, of who we really are and who you are. You're awesome. You're awesome. We're not celebrating a day of atonement. We're celebrating the Lamb of God. We're celebrating the Lamb, the Lamb of God who took away all sin, the sin of the entire world. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. We love you so much. We don't even have words to express our gratitude and the gratefulness that we can actually together corporately call ourselves not only sons and daughters of God, but we can literally call ourselves brothers and sisters. Where two or three are gathered together, you are right there in our midst. Thanks so much, Jesus. Minister to James and Cindy today. Minister to Cindy. I pray that you'll manifest your great grace in the midst of their, their struggles, in the midst of their, their, these times that they're dealing with, Lord. I pray that they'll have a, just a, that things will just be so simple for them, God. That things will be so simple for them. And that they'll rest in your provision and, your, and in your care and in your love for them and that they won't worry. I just, I just pray that they'll sense and feel a great sense of, of your love and grace for them in this time. Thank you so much, Jesus. Thank you so much. Amen. Um, can you hear me all right? Can you hear me okay? Okay. If you turn the music down, right. I wish I could. Stop. Okay. Um, uh, well, actually, I think I'll sh- uh, because I'm, um, uh, I thought I'd share a little bit about a, so an experience that I had with um with some Jehovah Witnesses. Um, and I think it's important, you know, you know, sometimes you get these Mormons, Jehovah Witnesses, and, and stuff like that, and they'll come to your door, or they'll t- want to talk to you, and so on and so forth. A lot of us will just shut the door, you don't want anything, they don't want to talk to you, I know what you believe, and so on and so forth. And, um, and I understand that. Uh, but I was actually working, and uh, had a couple guys, a few guys come around, and they were, uh, they said, can I please leave you with something, would you please read this? And I said, oh, well, I know what you guys, I thought they were Mormons, I said, oh, I know what you guys believe. And I, they said, oh, you do? And I said, and so I proceeded to say, yeah, um, do you believe that Jesus is the brother of Satan? And, of course, they believe, the Mormons believe that. So, I, so they said, oh, no, 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 no. I said, oh, Jehovah Witness. Oh, Jehovah Witness, yeah. Oh, okay, so you just don't believe that Jesus is God. Well, they don't believe that Jesus is God. Um, so, anyway, um, so we proceeded to, um, without getting uh, too complicated about the subject, we uh, proceeded to have a conversation and... and um, I said basically they they wanted to try to start out by talking about this whole idea that of Jehovah and that trying to separate Jesus from being God. Um, he was a God, they say, but he was not God, Jehovah. Um, which there's so many things that start going through my mind, and I thought, you know what, I'm gonna, I have to say something. I, I really do. I mean, I have to say something. I think I think there comes a time where you know, yeah, if the Spirit leads you and you whatever, you know, and you, you just want to be, um, you know, you'd be kind to them and whatever and, and just gently say, I'm not interested and, um, you know, have a great day. <laughs> but it, um, this was one of those times where I just was out, I was out and I felt like because he asked me and I was just doing, just working, that I felt like it was just one of those opportunities and I felt like I should just say something. So I did. 
So I proceeded to talk to him real gracefully. I just, you know, said a few things about what I believe about Jesus. But I think, I think the real issue, you know, uh, one of the things that I started talking about was, was the issue of forgiveness. Um, big issue, uh, issue that, that a lot of people, um, even in religious sectors, they have no idea. They can, they can talk theology all they want, but when it comes to the reality of forgiveness, it's almost like they're just, uh, well, I, I don't really know. They don't really know. They'll give you some, you know, some vague answers, but they have really no answer. Um, to, to really what the scriptures teach about forgiveness and about, about who really Jesus was. Um, for instance, when we, when, you know, and I'm just going to teach a little bit in the midst of this story. When you think of Jesus, did, did Jesus in the Gospels, now this is pre-cross, did Jesus in the Gospels, is it recorded that he forgave sin? Think about it. Think about it. He did, didn't he? Now, in the scriptures, do the scriptures say that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins? Correct? So, by what authority did Jesus have to forgive sins? If he was not God himself. It's awesome. Think about it. It's really cool. Jesus, this is before the cross. He had the authority and the power to forgive sins. But wait a minute. The Jehovah Witness says he was not God. Well then, under the old covenant, by what authority, if he was not God, did he have to forgive sins? If he was not the Lamb of God who was slain before the foundation of the world. God, in his own, in his mind, had, he was already predestined. Jesus was already predestined. That's why he was the Lamb of God to, who was going to be slain before the, he was slain before the foundation of the world. That's the reason why he could forgive sin. Isn't that awesome? And then, and then so, so, we, so you see these, 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 this whole thing is just huge. It it's really is huge. I mean, here he is. He's not yet gone to the cross. But, then, but yet, the only way he could have ever forgiven sins is like I said, as if he was 100% God. Only God has the authority to forgive sins. And under his, under God's economy, under the old covenant, it was always blood. It was always blood. Now, I want to I I touch just on this a little bit. Was confession ever a prerequisite for covering under the old covenant apart from blood? Apart from blood. No. In other words, confession would not have ever been good enough. No matter how, no matter how much you said you, were, you felt guilty and you confessed, it wouldn't have been good enough, correct? It wouldn't have been good enough. So, so, so we're laying a foundation of the fact that blood is, blood is there's, there's no forgiveness of sins without the shedding of blood. None. Zero. Zero. So the, the blood of bulls and goats under the old covenant was not good enough. It simply just, it simply was a covering. It was never a taking away of sin. Never. It was simply a covering. So Jesus, being the Lamb of God who was slain before the foundation of the world, he comes and he dies and he sheds his blood and his blood cleanses all sin for all men for all time. All sin for all men for all time. Because he was God. He was God. He had to be. So this isn't really a 
a big, huge, complicated issue. If he wasn't God, he could never have done this. He couldn't have been the Lamb of God. He couldn't have been. He had to be perfect, spotless, without blemish to take our sin. Right? He had to. He had to. Now, I want you to think about this. So I'm, so I'm, so I'm, talking, oh, I'm, talking, about, I'm talking to these guys, and these, of course, I'm saying some of these things, and they're like, they're, I don't even really think they had words. I don't think they really know what to do because I'm getting off the subject. Now, now, granted, their subject, their whole subject, the watchtower, if you know anything about the watch, their whole subject matter is that Jesus is not God. The whole entire subject matter. They spend their entire lives. And I'm thinking, you know, the, the confusion in the, in the dialogue. But yet, in the simplicity of, of me saying what I was saying, it just blew him away. And I said, I said listen, do, do you understand that the, the, the Gospels, Jesus himself said this, that if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. And if you have seen the Father... You have seen me. Oh, well, that's not literal. That doesn't mean that literally. And then, of course, they go on and on to talk about how they separate and how, it, you know, uh, Jesus, and they, 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 they do all these different things to confuse you, trying to relate Jesus with angels and that why would he call himself, why would he say father if he was not the father, so on and so forth. That's, that's ridiculous. They're just trying to confuse the matter. Look, Jesus said it. He said it. He said it. He had to be. He had to be. He had to be 100% God as well as 100% man. He had to be. Or he couldn't do what he did for us. Would have been impossible. Well, anyway, so, so anyway, I, I thought about this. Um, I, I, we continued to dialogue a little bit. And, I, and like I said, I just went a little bit, like, I was so excited. Because um, I, I, got, I, just think, I just felt like, you know, at times the spirit just kind of, you, uh, the spirit just, you know, it's almost like you just want to, uh, you have so much that you want to say, and I'm just, uh, I felt like it was just one of those divine moments, and then there was like three of them, and then all of a sudden, there was two of them, and then there was like three, three more that come around, and so before I knew it, I have this, about five Jehovah Witnesses around me, so I'm, so I'm sharing, the, I'm sharing the gospel with them, and so I began, and I also began to talk to them about children. I said, you know, when we talk about this, and I, was, I felt like it, and I, the, the Spirit was doing this. I wasn't really, it really was, because, you know, there are times when you feel like you, you're saying something, but you know the Spirit's saying it. You just know. You just know it's not you. It's a Spirit. And so um, I, talk, I said, you know, there's children. I said, think about this. It, there's a child. If there were children standing in front of you, and you were saying exactly what you were saying to me, could they understand what you're saying? Could they understand, really comprehend what you're saying? No mention, not a single mention the entire time they talked to me about, about forgiveness, the love of God, uh, new heart, new creation. They don't even know it. They don't even believe you can have that. They don't believe in the indwelling Christ. They don't believe in the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. They don't believe that. They think that's ridiculous. Well, I say, what hope do we have if he's not indwelt us? If he hasn't made us new, clean, whole, if he hasn't completely obliterated sin from our entire being, but he couldn't even live within us. He couldn't come within us if he hadn't already prepared us, if he hadn't already, oh gosh. So, I, so I'm, just, I'm just thinking to myself, think about, I told him, I said, listen, think about the simplicity of the gospel, the simplicity of it. Make it simple. Make it simple. It's simple. God is not the author of confusion. He never intended for a single one of us to be confused about his finished work, about what he did 
2,000 years ago on an old rugged cross. He did it, and it was finished, and he'll never do anything else again when it comes to sin. Not a single thing. Not a single thing. There's nothing left to be done. I don't care how much we get how much we feel bad about ourselves or how much we've done or how bad this sin is, he's not going to come back. He's not going to come back again to, uh, to, be, to be crucified again on behalf of any single sin on the face of the earth, for that matter. <laughs> Even for the unbeliever. Well, so, it, 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 you know, when we, when we, I think there are times when, like I said, when we can talk to these people when we can, and we can share the gospel and share Christ and there's moments where we can just, where we can uh, declare the, the reality of, of the truth of the gospel and who God really is and then who we are in him. It's huge and people very rarely hear that. You know, I really do believe that. That's the first time I think they ever heard somebody actually, here I am, you know, I've got my own landscaping business. And I'm just out working. And here I am, this guy. They, they probably thought I just, you know, they probably thought I was a good candidate, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, this is a good guy to talk. He's working, so we'll probably get something accomplished here. Well, I think in all reality, we spent about 45 minutes, and I think for the half, I think they may have, for about a half hour, I must have literally, and I, I preached the gospel. And then, and uh, they were, you know, it's funny because they, they were very, they had a lot of questions. They really did. They had a lot of questions. It was interesting. It was interesting to me that, you know, a lot of times you get in dialogues like that and it becomes more, of, it becomes more argumentative. It, it, that wasn't the case. So I was surprised. Now, that, here again, I, I really believe that's the spirit. Yeah. How, how, we approach thing, how we approach the gospel and how we, how we articulate it, how we say it is important so that others can then in return better receive the, the truth of what we're saying. Because if we, if we come across argumentative and we come across insensitive and we come across that, you know, we know it all, it just shuts every, you know, because that's what they do sometimes. And so it kind of shuts, you can kind of know how that feels. It just, you just shut down. So you don't want people to be shut down. You want them to be receptive. You want them to feel, to know that you're just this average, I'm just, I'm just, just this guy out here just doing my job. And, but yet, but yet the proclamation of what the Spirit of God was saying was cataclysmic, huge to them. How, they just couldn't believe that you were saying, you mean God himself, this Jehovah God is living inside of you and that you know beyond of a shadow of a doubt that you're going to be in the presence of God if, you, if this shell were to, be, were to drop? Yes. Yes. Oh, that's just ludicrous to them. Ludicrous. Ludicrous. You mean that your sins, all your sins, are completely forgiven? All of them. Yes, yes, yes. All of them. Every one of them. Oh, but wait, wait. What? What about, what about the ones? Now, this is big. Listen, think about this. In, in their dialogue, what about the ones that you don't know about? I said to them, what about the ones you don't know about? Because they're big, huge, huge, huge on, on the flesh, developing the flesh. Doing what they do, uh, they do it as as you know because they feel like that there's there's merit in what they're doing and they they you know can gain ground I guess and whatever and hope that they're one of the of possibly the one of the one hundred forty four thousand and so on and so forth. Oh gosh! But anyway, I, I said so. I, I started to talk to him. I said, well, I said, listen. I said, do you understand? Let, let me let me take it. And that's so why I took it to them. And I said, when they talked about, start talking about, you know, forget of, of all the things. And he said, if you basically, so they said, you believe that you can just basically do whatever you want as a, as a believer and you can just go out and you don't have to have any, any accountability. I said, yeah, that's absolutely right. 
<laughs> what? It just, it, what? Now, of course, we have a new heart. Of course, we're not going to, we don't, we're not going out and sinning all over the world because of the, that's not the truth. It's, it's the grace of God that teaches us to deny ungodliness. So I go back and I say, look, 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 if you want to get real serious about this, I said, you're so focused on sin and what you do, what, what you don't do and what you do, whether it be good or bad, in God's eyes, I said, well, let's take it back. Let's go, let's go. And, and I mentioned a scripture, and at first I think I said, uh, Jeremiah, I was wrong. Uh, it's actually in Leviticus. And I'm going to read this. It's amazing. <laughs> this just kind of, and so, in talk, and so in, in basically sharing this, I'm thinking, oh, this is really going to just blow their minds. Think, actually, if anybody has, I don't, I'm not really sure. If Leviticus, I think it's in... Um, Sorry about that. Let me just get to it real quick. Uh, Leviticus. Okay, here we go. Leviticus, Leviticus chapter 5. I'm going to start with verse 14. Then it says, it says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, If a person acts unfaithfully and sins unintentionally against the Lord's holy things, then he shall bring his guilt offering to the Lord. I'm going to skip down to verse 17. Now, if a, person, if a person sins and does any of the things which the Lord has commanded not to be done, though he was unaware, still he is guilty and shall bear his punishment. <laughs> now, if anybody, if, if anybody ever wonders if you're accountable for the sins that you were unaware of under the old covenant, yes, you, yes, you were. Yes, you were. So I mentioned to him, I said, well, according to Scripture, <laughs> you better, you better um, have every single thing. I mean, you're not just the things you know about. You better know about all the things you don't know about. You better be getting them things all right, too, because you're, you're in big trouble, uh, according, according to the old covenant, according to Scripture. Okay, so so in this so obviously talking about this whole sin issue was just overwhelming. It was it was like oh my gosh yeah uh, well they didn't even know where this was and I couldn't tell them exactly where it was but I said it's there just look up you know I don't know look up uh, uh, I don't know look up a uh, punishment or look up a sin unaware or something like that and see if you can't pull something up. So anyway I was looked it up and I found it. But um, I was thinking about this. And I want to, and here's, and here's, here's a, here's a point I want to really drive home for us. I want you to think about this scripture right here. Now I want you to go back in your mind to First John one nine, and I don't think we need to go there. I think most of us know what that is. We've talked about it a whole lot in here. Okay, we've talked about it a whole lot. If you confess your sins, He is faithful and just to forgive your sins and, and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Correct. Well, according to Leviticus. You can't confess what you don't know. So if First John is for the first John one is for the believer, then you got a serious problem. That's correct. You got a big problem. Got a big problem. Confession never took away sin. Never, and it never will. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins, period. So, 
with that confession, if when people, when we, when we get in conversations and we're talking about this issue, it's huge. With your confession, because there's a, there's a, it's, a, it's huge in, in Christendom today. It's huge in the Christian arena. Huge. I mean, huge. I mean, I'm, I'm flipping through just the other day, and I'm, ugh, I, I don't want to name, and I don't want to talk about it too much, but it, I'm sure you probably, if you watch religious television much at all, you know what I'm talking about, but they, you know, this, this whole idea of, of, of celebrating the Day of Atonement, oh gosh, it's ridiculous, and I'm passionate about it, because under the New Covenant, there is no such thing as atonement. There is no atonement. You won't find it. In the New Covenant, you will not find it. It's not a covering. The New Covenant is a cleansing. It's an obliteration. It's an annihilation of sin. So when we think about confession, and we think about what we say, when, when, or, or when, when people say, and when, uh, when they say, well, look, you, you've got to do this. This is important that you confess your sin. It says it right here. He's faithful and just forgive you. Cleanse you from all unrighteousness. My, I would say, well, by what authority are you to change the rules? Because with that confession, you better have a sacrifice. You better have a sacrifice. And it better be a perfect sacrifice. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? If it's not, if you, if without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. It's, it's never about your confession. It's never, it has never been about your confession. When we got saved, we confessed that Jesus Christ is Lord and we believed in our hearts that God raised him from the dead and we were saved. If, if, And so I think it's important that we, that we really understand the whole issue of, of confession of sin. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying at all that you, well, we shouldn't, when, when, the, when the Holy Spirit is, is um, when, when the Holy Spirit is, is, is showing us something, and, and I'm very careful with my words here, very careful, is showing us something about who we are who we are in Christ as a new creation rather not showing us about something that we once were. He doesn't need to convince me that I was dead in my transgressions. We were all dead in our transgressions before we came, we, we were all dead in our, before we came to Christ, before, before we were saved, before we were um, redeemed, before we became new. So, it's, it's, I'm not saying that, the, that when the Holy Spirit is showing you something about, uh, showing you something that's contrary to who you really are, that, it, that it, that's, not, that's not something that you, you can't dialogue with God about and talk about him about. The issue is, is that that has nothing, nothing, zero to do with your cleansing, zero to do with you being forgiven. Absolutely zero. First John 1 John 1.9 is not for the believer. And I want to show you this. Think about this. And I want you to, it's, this is really cool. It's, it, it's, a, it's, it's a way that in the, in the, I think in the literal Greek, I think that the, the best translation and that I think that I've come across that would rightly, um, that is rightly dividing truth would be this. 
1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, parentheses, agreeing with God concerning our sins, just simply agreeing concerning our sins, he is faithful and just, keyword, to have forgiven our sins and to have cleansed us from all unrighteousness. Isn't that awesome? To have cleansed us from all unrighteousness. Look, it's it's important because if if we don't see it for what it really is, then we're going to be in error, error, and we're going to find ourselves focusing on the flesh where you are going to find yourself getting very, very frustrated. Very, very frustrated. And I know we can all relate to that when it comes to the issue of dealing with the sin in the flesh, sin in the body. So, so I'm not saying that we shouldn't have you know, conversations with God. We should. You know, we talk to God about, about these things and he helps us and he ministers to us, but he ministers life to us. Not condemnation, life. Not guilt, life. Not punishment, life. It's like I've said this before. If God were to ever, ever, ever hold one little ounce of a single sin that you ever committed, this is radical, but this is truth. The Holy Spirit would instantly have to leave your body. God cannot live in an unclean temple. He cannot live in an unclean house. Never has, never will. (laughs) Never will. And so, um, so I hope I'm, I hope I'm, um, I'm, exp- I'm trying to express a point about this whole issue because I, f- I feel like that it's, it will lay a foundation by which we can all move from being, f- focusing on the flesh and, f- and rather than, and moving towards focus, focusing on the spirit and knowing that, uh, and knowing that that's where we're going to find life and peace is, is the spirit. The Spirit of God is going to bring life and peace. And He does bring life and peace. And we have life and peace. But, you know, when, you, when you're filled with guilt and condemnation and you're filled with worry and anxiety about whether or not God is pleased and not pleased and you're up and down and you're all this way and every which way and, you know, it, it's, it's a, it causes for you to live your life in such confusion and uh, you, you, you become uh, depressed and and all of these different things that go along with, with, with feeling that sense of guilt and feeling that sense of condemnation over something that you can do nothing about. Do you understand? We can do nothing about our sin. There was nothing we could do about it. And that's why I'm saying that when people talk about confession, it's ridiculous. Don't you, can you see, what I'm, can you see the, the foundation by which we've laid? It's ridiculous to think that your confession could ever do a single thing when it comes to, become, when it comes to being right with God. It can't. It has no power to. It has no power to. So, so, I'm, so I'm, 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 really, I'm really, I think it's awesome that, we've, that God has brought revelation to the body of Christ concerning these truths so that, we can, so that we can know that no matter what, we're close and clean. We're close and clean. We're close and clean. No matter where I go, he's there with me. No matter where I go, he's there with me. 
He's never distant. He's never, he's never far away. I don't, have to, I don't have a brass heaven contrary to religious preaching. I do, heavens are not brass. They will never be brass for us, ever. They will never be brass. It's an open heaven now to the entire world because God was in Christ reconciling the entire, and the entire world to himself. Reconciling the entire world. So every single person on the face of this earth has the ability to come boldly before the throne of grace. The unbeliever can simply draw near. We have. I don't draw near any closer. You can't get any closer than union. You can't get any closer than than one spirit. One spirit with him. Flesh of his flesh, bone of his bones. Oh, it's so wonderful. It's so awesome. The reality and the truth of who we are, who he is and who we are. And because of this complete annihilation of sin and because we are completely clean and close and will never be distant again, there'll never be, ever be, nothing ever held against me again. No accounting, no sins ever going to be uh, held to my account. I'm never going to be um, guilty for it. Uh, Jesus took all of that. He, he was punished for me. I will never be punished. He will never be punished. He will never, he will, it won't happen. Do you, let, me, let me just say this. Do you understand that when you think that way, think about this. Punishment, punishment in, from God's point of view, okay? There was, it was not a slap on the hand. Right? It was not a lecture. It is death, period. No matter what, death. So that, that, really, that really helps. And when we're, when, we're, when, when, we're, when we're coming to God and we're, and we're relating to God and when we're relating to others. You know, it really wasn't difficult for me when, I'm, when you're talking to people about these issues. When you're so confident, I, was, I, I mean, literally, I mean, I'm, I'm very confident. I didn't used to be. But I am today. I'm so confident about, about, my, about who God is and who I am in him. And, that, and I mean, really, I'm confident. I don't, I don't, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not off the charts anymore, going every which way. Even when I mess up and fail, I'm confident. Thank you, Jesus, that you've done what you did. Thank you so much that you have forgiven me. Past tense. You already took care of this. Listen, it, I believe today, and if... if the people that are hearing the sound of my voice, every evangelist, every evangelist ought to hear this. That when somebody comes to Christ and when somebody is going from death to life, that the proclamation out of your voice or out of my voice should be that all your sins, past present and future have been forgiven think about that it should be shouted from the housetop and in every and in every church and in every altar call and i hate the word altar uh, because there is no altar in the new covenant Past, present, and future. 
This is the gospel. This is the gospel. They really are new, literally new. Literally, literally Christ comes to live within the believer. Literally, he is there. He is here. He is with, he is not just with us, he is in us. To them who believe, he has given the right to become the sons of God, sons and daughters of God. To them who believe, just simply believe in what he did and what he accomplished. And that, that is the, that's the good news. It's the good news that every single person, and, when, and when, even, 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 even to, the, to the Jehovah Witness, Good news. It's good news. It's not, it's not doom and gloom. It's not, well, I hope I'm one. Or, I, I, or maybe, just maybe I might make it. No, that's not good news. That's schizophrenic. And it causes people to be put in hospitals. It does. It's schizophrenic. You never know whether or not you're saved, not saved. You never know whether, you're, whether God's pleased you, not pleased. You're, you're up and down. You're, you're... Listen, God doesn't grade on a curve. <laughs> he doesn't grade on a curve. Jesus was, Jesus, had, he had to be the perfect lamb of God. He had to be perfect in every way. He had to have, and to fulfill every dot and tittle of the entire law. He was a man born under law. He fulfilled it. He didn't come to take it away. He came to fulfill it. Why did he? Fa- because we couldn't. There's not a single thing we could do to fulfill that law. We could never. There's 613 laws. And I think they progress. <laughs> oh, but what about the 10? Well, you who, who, by what authority do you have to change the 10? If you're just going to live by the 10, then you better start not working on Friday night. You better just lay down. The Sabbath, if you're going to, you, you know, who's, by what authority do you have to take away the Sabbath? We don't have it. We don't have it. So listen, we can't, this, this, is, this is, we're not under the law anymore. We're not under it, period. We're not under it at all. Has no jurisdiction over us. Has none, zero. We have, we, uh, we've been separated from it. We've been Christ is the end of the law to all who believe. Christ is the end of the law to all who believe. So when we're when we're when I'm when I'm thinking about when I'm when I think about these different people and the things that they have to say and the and the and the, the way that it comes across and and it seems to me that there's a lot of things that are being said, even in Christendom, even believers that are confused and that seem to be distant. Think about it. I used to be this way. I used to think about my words and think about what I said. I was very confusing. I, I was confused myself. And when you confuse yourself about these issues, you confuse others. Listen, it's true. These, these Jehovah Witnesses, the Mormons, they're confused. You can talk to them. I'm, not, I'm saying if the Spirit of God leads you, maybe me not, but you might get into, get into it. Might, but, but, but sometimes it's important because they, the way, even when they come across, it sounds so confusing, but yet 
That's why I would say to them, I don't understand. I don't understand. A child, think about a child. A child, listen, a child can understand when you say to them, God took all of your sin. All of your sin. He died for you. He rose and he ascended into heaven and he's now seated at the right hand of the Father. And all you do is simply believe and you will be seated with him forever. Simple. Simple. But how many, how, mu- how much of us, one, well, hold on one second, just, I'll give you, I'll give you. How much of us did not hear that gospel? How much of us did not hear that good news? How many of us did not hear that good news? Did not hear that gospel growing up? So many of us did not hear what I'm saying and what in the in the gospel that we're proclaiming today. So many of us did not. We were told, you know, and and so. Anyway, you have you uh, you had one you had one. Yeah. Maybe some people have a problem with you know, your future sins are forgiven, but mm-hmm. with God. There is no past, present, future. He's now. <laughs> He's now, right. So there really is, in a way, no future. That's correct. Is now. Yeah, right, right. That's good. Yeah, that's exactly right. There is no, he, he, he you know, when you think about that, he, he was the Lamb of God who was slain before the foundation of the world because he always was and he always will be. <laughs> he has no beginning and he has no end. That's exactly right. There is no, there is, there is no, there's no time, yeah. We, you know, we live in time, but God is not confined to our, to our time, you know. So you're right. Yes. She was singing that. Yes. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. That's awesome. I wish I. I wish I. I wish I understood. I wish. I mean, I say I wish, but the truth of the matter is, is God knew what He was doing in all of us. You know. You know, and in some ways, we appreciate the good news and the gospel the way we do today because of what we because of where we came from. We see we see the, the lies and the deception and the, the error of our of the of our thinking because of where we were a whole lot more than maybe what a lot of people um, a lot of people would not see it the same way because maybe they weren't raised in some religious backgrounds like what we were raised in you know a lot of us were because we come from a lot of different backgrounds and so well I guess we better start wrapping it up but I, but um anyway so if you ever if you ever get a chance and you ever feel you know don't don't um, I would encourage you don't when it gets to when it comes to talking to people and and sharing sharing the gospel, um, you know, be bold, be bold. It's okay. It's not. It's it's really you know. It's it's okay. It's, you know. It's how we, it's how we say it. It's not that we shouldn't say it. It's just how we say it. It's 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 really. And you know. It's you know. If you think about this this gospel, and you think about the good news, and all that we have, all that we see today, it's it's really a privilege. It's it's great privilege. But it's really fun. It's really fun. It really is. I mean, I come across, you'll probably come across this too, a lot of people intellectually want to challenge you intellectually, and I'm thinking, you know, 
I just, I don't get it. You're trying to complicate something that God never intended to be complicated. It's just simple. It's just that simple. I'm not going to, I don't have to engage into that. Neither do any of us have to engage in any of that. So anyway, well, it's been fun. It's been a good time. I, you know, I really enjoy, I really enjoy, um, you, I'm so grateful that we have this, seriously, you know, this class and James, what he does, he doesn't get a dime for a single thing he does. Not a dime. He pours his heart out every week. He does what he does. And it's a privilege for me and to Russ and other people who have shared and, and Daniel and for others that if, you know, have, you know it's, it really is because, you know, we're, he just, he's relentless. He doesn't even realize sometimes how fast he's going, I don't think. <laughs> But, but, um, but he, he, um, he has so much, so much that he just wants to pour out. And um, um, it's really awesome. So I would encourage, if, please, if you could remember to please pray for them during this next couple of weeks. Because it's just, it's just, it's just challenging for him, you know. Okay, so well, let's pray real quick. Father, thank you so much. Thank you so much for, um, for your word today. Thank you for encouraging us about the reality of who you are and who we are who you are and who we are. You're filled with grace and truth. You, you, you are grace and truth, Jesus. You are grace and truth. And Lord, I thank you that we together, corporately, can declare to others that the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, that we can declare to others that there is no longer an accountability for sin. There is no longer a God who is counting sin against us. It's awesome. Thank you that you're not counting sin against us. That you did it. You finished it. You did it all. You accomplished it. There's nothing left to be done. There's nothing left. There's nothing at all that we could do except believe except just simply believe. And thank you. And Lord, we go from here, and we go from here just excited about what you're going to do in us and through us in this next week. And thank you for Clark and this body. And I pray for him and for, the, for this body that you will continue to minister to us and minister truth, life, and grace, love, that we may extend it to others. This is simply just a place for us to encourage, other, to encourage each other that we may encourage others in this same reality, in this same truth. That's it. So as we go, Lord, I pray that we will, that we'll be bold and be courageous. We love you so much and thank you so much. And it's in your mighty name we pray. Amen. Thanks, you guys.